May 25th, 2022, this morning's class and this entire week of Gemara learning is donated in memory of Albert Bero Shehebar, that's Abraham ben Mazal. We're in Masechet Sanhedrin and Daf'ayin Amudbet, six lines from the top, the second word on the line. The Gemara is going to be Doresh for just a few moments. Pesukim from Sefer Mishle. The Pesukim begin with these words, Divre Lemuel Melech Masa Asher Yisratu Immo. So it's a description of a Lemuel Melech. Who's Lemuel? Rashi. All the Mepharshim explain this is a reference to Shilomo HaMelech. It's Mishle Shilomo. Why was he known as Lemuel? Rashi suggests that it's a compound word of Lamo Kel. Uh, he was, uh, so to speak, dedicated to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Alternatively, Yad Rama will point out later in this Midrash, we'll have his mother, Batsheva, turning to him and we're saying about the other kings of his time and in general, who say, Lama Kel, why do we need God? So, so to speak, when you refer to a king, or certainly in the context of where they're doing wrong, like him, we'll read in a moment, you're referring to him as the person who says, Lama Kel, why do I need God? We're ready to uh, rebuke him. Why is he getting rebuked? I referred to this yesterday in introducing this, and that's, uh, this is all built on a midrash that's not found here in the Gemara. It's not found anywhere in the Gemara. And the midrash is that on the day of Hanukkah Beit HaMikdash, the consecration of the Beit HaMikdash, Shilomo oversleeps. Why does he oversleep? Because he had been partying the night before with instruments and wine, his marriage to Batya, the daughter of Paro, Melech Misraim. As a result, they wait for him in the morning. It's inappropriate to barge in and wake up the king. He has the keys with which you're going to open the door to the Mikdash, but we have to stall and wait in order to sacrifice the initial korbanot in the Mikdash on the first day of the Mikdash. Therefore, these Pesukim are understood by the rabbis as his mother, Asher Yisiratu, his mother is being miyaser. We'll talk about what that means in a second. But at the very least, she's giving him rebuke for that. And we'll, as a result, find reference in these Pesukim to the drinking of wine, which is inappropriate. Shalomo, had you oversleep, we're supposed to be reading between the lines. How were you drinking? Amar biyohana mishum bishimon ben yohai melamed shekva'ato immo al ha'amud. And so that, those words, those last words, are all the next words in the Pasuk, right? So that's a reference to the next words of the Pasuk. But what is the story as it's told to us by Rabbi Yohanan, the name of Bishimon ben Yohaigo? It's his mother binds him to an amud, to a, a platform, and she's ready to lash him. Where does he see that in the Pesukim? Well, the Pasuk uses that Lashon Yisiratu, Lashon Yisurim, to afflict pain. Rashi, as a matter of fact, references the Gemara in just a bit from now, where the Pasuk will say, V'yiseru oto. The Pasuk says in the context of the Ben Soreru More, V'yiseru oto. They'll torture him, they'll afflict pain to him. The understanding of the rabbis will be, again, just in that from now, they'll tell us that's a reference to giving him lashes. As a result, in this context, uh, well, if his mother was giving him Yisurim, she was ready or she was beginning to give him lashes. Why is she doing so? He's a grown man. He did something wrong. What's she exclaiming? How's she? Remembering this, well, just translating the words initially, she says, what's this, my son, Mabiri, Biri means my son, Mabar Bitni, the birth, the son of my, of my womb, of my stomach, who came out of me, and Nidarai, of course, are my vows. So it's a long expression, which in its simple sense is, 
I'm embarrassed that you came out of me. I'm embarrassed that you're my descendant. But we're going to be Doresh each and every one of those references. What's that? Nidara means my vows, my swears. We're going to have to define each of these. So the Gemara won't suffice by just saying, oh, she was, uh, he was born to her through her vow or something like that. The Gemara will suggest something for each of them. Here we go. Ma beri, the initial reference is, uh, this, how could this be my son? Hakol yodeim she'avicha yereshamayim hava. Says, Everybody knows that your father, David, was God-fearing. He was Yeresh But then they're going to see you. Now they are seeing you and you've overslept because you were drinking, because you were partying too hard. They're going to say about you, they might know that your father's God-fearing, but they don't know about me. This is going to reflect badly on me. They're going to suggest, they're going to assume this was his mother's DNA with which, uh, which Shilomo is following. In other words, uh, they know your father is a good guy. They don't know that about me. The fact that you're now exposing this rotten side of yourself through this oversleeping, through this overpartying, it will be seen as beri. They'll say it's his mother's influence. The next words in the Pasuk, in Mishle are, and how could this be the, uh, the descendant, the son of my betin, of my womb, of my stomach? You should know, I put so much into you, because listen, how much effort in barbitni and you being born, birthed from me, I really put into this. I didn't just give birth to you. I went further. I worked on that birth. How so? All the other women from your father's household. Um, the way it works in the kingdom is once they become impregnated, they're out of sight, out of mind. They're not in his way. Maybe when they have a child, he'll rejoice with them, but they're not uh, intimate with him once they, know that they're, uh, once they know that they're pregnant. They're out of the way. He's involved with women who are not pregnant. Vani, but you should know about me, Kivyachol Bacheva exclaims, Dahakti Vinichnasti. I pushed myself in and entered in order to have relations with your father even after being impregnated with you. What does that have to do with anything? Kedeshi Yeheli was all with the intent and purpose of Ben Mizoraz Umiluban. I'll have a child which is literally very refined and white. Mizuraz maybe has a certain strength, has a certain uh, uh, muscle tone. And this is a reference, as Rashi points out, to the Gemaran Masechi Nidan Daf which says in the last trimester, now, I don't know if the Hachamim are speaking uh, uh, medically and scientifically or there's something deeper to this, but I do know, as Rashi cites, the Hachamim do have such a statement. In the last trimester, it's healthy and important for the growth of a child to have relations, that the mother and father have relations, that being the case. That's what it's a reference to over here, whether this is an old scientific uh, thought or it's a current one, I'm not certain. But what I can tell you is the Gemara over here, in referring to Ma Bar Bitni, at the very least, will tap into... That's right. All the rest of the princes, so to speak, are not having the most beautiful and muscle-toned, refined children. That's right. And they weren't involved. David wasn't involved or in, that, in that sort of construction and aid of his children. It's not to say none will have that. It's to say this aids it. You can have a very healthy child sometimes, even if you didn't help eat healthy as a mother. How is that possible? But she did and she didn't, and this one has the child who's not so... 
Okay, it happens that way based on genetics, based on other factors, but at the very least, the description is, I put in the effort, and now look at how you're, so to speak, paying me back. I put forth this healthy child, apparently not so healthy. I put forth this child who's refined, apparently not so refined. Uma bar nidarai. And lastly, the expression in the Pasuk Kivyachol that the mother of Limuel of Shilomo said about him is that you're the son of my vow. What does it mean, the son of my vow? Kol nashim shel beta vicha. You should know all the women of your father's household, of David, all his other wives. Hayu nodrot. They would make vows to God in order to bring forth a child. I will do X, Y, and Z if Yeheli ben hagun malchut. If I have a child who's worthy for being a king who's worthy for the monarchy. That would be the nature of their vows. They wanted a child, they prayed to God, they said, if you give me a child who's worthy for kingship, for the monarchy, well then I'll do X, Y, and Z. Va'ani, you should know what my vow was. It was altogether qualitatively different. Nadarti va'amarti yeheli ben All I was interested in was that I have a child who's zariz, was a certain uh, a strength and energy to him. He's mimuleba Torah. He's filled with Torah and he's hagun neviut and he's worthy for prophecy. That was all I wanted. Can you imagine? This is the outcome. This is the birth. I can't understand it from my vow, from my swear, my oath to heaven that I want a child who, if I do X, Y, and Z, will be this righteous individual, worthy for nivuah, appropriate for Torah. And this is what I got. I got a child who's oversleeping the consecration, the Hanukkah Bet HaMikdash, because he's over drinking the night before. That's the expression, but the Pesukim continue. Al lamlachim lemoel, al lamlachim shetoyayin. You hear the words in the Pasuk, shetoyayin, drinking of wine, v'ulrozenim, Oh, excuse me, Ula Rosenim, Eshechar, and then there's some reference to Rosenim, we'll have to define that word, and Shechar, something that's intoxicating. So it means that in the continued Pesukim, this is Pasuk Dalid, we had just read Pasuk Aleph through Bet, there's an expression of what's wrong. In other words, what had this Limuel, what had this King Shilomo done wrong, is a reference to the intoxicating beverages. Again, brings us back to that Midrash we mentioned earlier. Amra lo, kivyachol, the mother Batsheva turns to him and says, says, Why are you hanging out with and copying the ways of kings who drink wine uh, obsessively, who are addicted to wine in an inappropriate way? And as a result of drinking wine in such a uh, hedonistic fashion, uh, compulsively, uh, they become uh, intoxicated, become drunk. And there's the words I was telling you at the beginning of the Gemara. Why do we need God? Because that was, of course, what the Pasuk said. And that was, as I told you, Yad Rama suggested that's why Shalom was being referred to in this whole Mizmor as Limuel, because of this Why do we need a God? You turned and you scorned, you spat in the face of God almost by oversleeping because of the wine over here. You're hanging out with the kings. You're hanging out and becoming like the kings. Then the Pasuk continued, It's something about Rosenim. We don't know what that is. It sounds almost a knee-jerk as if we're referring to people who are skinny. Razin, not the reference. What's that? So Raz really refers to a secret. Raz in, in, in Hebrew, certainly in Biblical Hebrew, is a secret. Uh, so something about secrets and those who are becoming intoxicated. Two interpretations, says the Gemara. Either it's a reference to Mishikol Raze Olam Geluyim Lo Yishte Yain Vishtaker. 
a person who all the secrets of existence, this is certainly the description of the Hachamim of Shilomo, Shilomo is the one the Midrash describes, who was able to understand everything and anything. He could understand the conversation of birds and donkeys who were braying and anything and everything else. Shilomo had all the secrets revealed to him. You, the one who's got all those secrets, the one who holds the secrets of his kingdom. There's a lot of strategic secrets that you know and you have, and you're going to drink wine and reveal those secrets. The Gemara earlier in Masechet Pesachim and Daflamet Het, Maharsha cross references to there, has this reference to Nichnas Yain Yasasod. If enters wine, secrets come out. In fact, I always point out on that Gemara and elsewhere that the Gematria of Yain and of Sod is identical. Is it? Yain, Yod, Yod, and Sod. Yeah, that's right. They're both 70, and as a result, it's a reference over here to Shalomo, you are too important a person. You can't hang around people and lose control of your mind and not know what's coming out of your mouth. You're Rosenim. How could you be Mishtakir? Ikadamre, alternatively, listen, she's still rebuking him, but it's not about the secrets that he holds. Rather, Mishikol Rosne Olam Mashkimin Lefitho. He, that's reference, of course, to Shilomo, who all the Rosene Olam, Rosene Olam, the Gimaran Daf Membet, in our Masechet as well, refer to the Sanhedrin as uh, Rosene Olam, those who, so to speak, hold on to the secrets, those who reveal the secrets, that's the Sanhedrin. The person to whom all the Sanhedrin, all the important individuals who are making law decisions, they're mashkimim lefitho, they're knocking on your door, they're interested in finding out your opinion. You're going to be drunk? I mean, people are, are, are dependent upon your weighing and your knowledge and understanding of each circumstance. Circumstance. Okay, says the Gemara, How do I know in turn that after hearing this rebuke from his mother, quite a scathing rebuke, Shalomo returned, in other words, he did Teshubah, he repented and admitted or uh, told his mother that he was wrong, Dichtiv, the Pasuk, which is immediately beforehand, it's in Perek Lamed of Mishle, but Rashi says it's in the same context of time, and as a result, and Mukdam Meuha, I guess, B'Mishle, but the Pasuk says, Ki ba'ar anochi me'ish velo binat adam li. I'm more wild and wayward than ish. Was the reference to Ish over here, and Velo Binat Adam, and I don't have the Bina, the, the wisdom, the intellect of Adam. Uh, so, first and foremost, it's just a reference already. I'm a yo yo. That's what he's saying about himself. He's saying, I'm wrong. I sometimes don't think straight. But specifically, the Chachamim or Doresh, if you recall, we had at the bottom of Daf Aina Mudalif, the bottom of the last page, it was a reference to how Kivyachol, God turns to Noah and says to him, you couldn't learn from Adam Harishon. Remember the Gemara's opinion, several opinions as to what Etz Hadat was. One opinion was that he was drinking wine. It was Etz Gefin. Noah, he plants a vineyard and he becomes drunk and he exposes himself. Couldn't you learn from Adam Harishon? It means our initial, not two, because there's also Cain in the middle there, there's Lemech and whatever, but the initial two major major sins in the Torah, the eating from Etz Hadat, and then Noah after the Mabul, is both as a result of wine. In turn, say the rabbis, that's what we see over here. Kibar anochi me'ish. Who's ish? Me'noach. Dikhti vayachel noach. Ish ha'adama. So it's a dirashah. It says over there that he's the man of the earth, and when Shilomo is expressing about himself that I'm a ba'an me'ish, a more silly and wayward than a ish, he's referring to Noah. I'm so 
I, I couldn't even learn from Noah. Noah, perhaps, began this. He didn't know better. Maybe he knew about Adam HaRishon, but he plans and maybe he could say, I didn't realize I was going to get drunk and lose my ability to be in control. Me? I'm more silly than him because I should have learned from Velobinat Adam Li, who's the Adam, you might say, any human being. No, says, says the Gemara, the Adam HaRishon, that's perhaps a reference to Adam HaRishon, Kivyachol, Shilomo is saying about himself, he perhaps could have claimed, I didn't know better. Me? I'm in trouble, I made a mistake. Okay, continues the Gemara, returning to uh, Ben Sorero More. Said the Mishnah, if you recall, Achal Bahaburat Mitzvah. The Mishnah said that if the Ben Sorero More had the wine and the meat, which of course is his downfall, which of course is what we're punishing and judging him based on, if you had a Bahaburat Mitzvah, the gathering of Mitzvah, it's not considered Ben Sorero More. This individual will not be put to death with Sekila. Why not? Well, the understanding is if he's in the context of Mitzvah, although you can have, even in the context of Mitzvah, gluttonous, inappropriate eating and drinking, however, the assumption is it won't lead you down a path of addiction and wrongful hamshachas, the Gemara's Lashon throughout. In other words, yeah, maybe you overate, but I'm not going to say that that's going to transform you into a person who is gluttonous and hedonistic and desirous and so forth. You did it in the context of mitzvah. We're not going to judge this individual as envisioning what he'll do down the line based on a haburat mitzvah. Amar bi'avahu... Correct. So, so... Correct. Said differently, says Nathan. If you're doing it within the law, that's the way he said it. If you're doing it within the system, so we're not so excited about it. It's the Ramban's words that I keep quoting, Ramban Nachmani at the beginning of Parashat Kedoshim. Ramban Nachmani asks, as does Rashi, as does the Midrash, what does it mean to be Kedoshim Tihir? What does it mean to be sanctified and holy? Ramban suggests it's a person who is not a naval b'rshuta Torah. It's someone who goes above and beyond reshuta Torah, the system. How can you be a naval, a person who's decrepit within the system of Torah? You're eating and drinking and having relations, he adds as well, gluttonously. But you do it all according to halacha. So my wife and this woman is permitted to me, but we're going to have relations at any and every moment that, that's, that's capable and, and, and possible. Uh, this meat is glad kosher bet Yosef meat, but I'm going to eat it obsessively. This wine is the most kosher wine as well, but I'm going to be drinking it on a constant, consistent basis, bringing myself to states of intoxication. All in all, you're a description of a naval b'shuta Torah, says Ramban. That's what it means to be kadosh. Over here, adds Nathan, that's the description of this ben soreru more. If he's a naval b'shuta Torah, kivyachol, if he's doing it at that se'udat misvah, all right, we're not excited about it, but that's not a ben soreru more. We don't assume he's now going to have a life which is uh, a spiraling downward life in which he's stealing from others and committing crimes in order to procure to get these uh, these substances and foods. Amar says Rabbi I'll take it a step further in describing this. Uh, the only time the ben soreru more will be considered a ben soreru more is if he eats and drinks together with a habura group of sirikin. Sirikin, Rashi explains, is rekim, of lowlifes, people who are empty. Empty from substance, em- em- empty from content, from meaning. That's when he's a ben soreru more. We assume, even if there's one good guy in that group, I'm not going to get carried away to the extent that he's now stealing and living that sort of life. Says the Gemara, I'm not so certain about that because after all, our Mishnah says, didn't our Mishnah say, the only way we consider him, quote, within the system 
while he's eating, eating in such a fashion is if he's doing it in the context of mitzvah. Uh, the context of mitzvah, it's a seodat mitzvah, it's a milah, it's a whatever, and so that circumstance, specifically in that circumstance, that's when he's not na'asa ben soreiru moreh, but if he's eating with a group of people, and one of them is a good guy, and the rest of them are lowlifes, he's still a ben soreiru moreh, so it sounds like from our Mishnah, says the Gemara, so it says the Gemara, our assumption right now is not, ta'amad de mitzvah, halav mitzvah, afal gav, de lav kula sirikin, Says the Gemara, it appears as if the only reason he is not Ben Soreiru Moreh is because it's mitzvah. Not because there's someone who's not a lowlife, says the Gemara, you misunderstood. We're talking about all lowlifes, you're kidding me. All lowlifes, what are they doing at Sa'udat Mitzvah, says Nathan. You haven't been around at enough Sa'udat Mitzvot. Some Sa'udat Mitzvot, not today, not today, not in our community. Have all lowlifes. As a result, says the Gemara, Hakamash Ma'lan. This is the Hidush of the Mishnah. Of course, as Rabbi Avahu just told us, we're talking about it's all lowlifes. But you still have a saving grace if it's a seudat mitzvah. So even with low lives, we assume that this kid, this young man, will not be driven to that sort of life. Even though we're dealing with a seudat shikula rekim Ultimately speaking, they're within the system. They've built that structure of mitzvah. We don't assume this, this kid is going to be driven to addiction, to a life of uh, meat and wine, drinking and eating. Okay, says the Gemara onward. The Mishnah told us furthermore, if the child had not at a seudat mitzvah per se, but at a seudat ibur ha-chodesh. Ibur ha-chodesh, of course, means the impregnation of a month. What does it mean to the month to become pregnant? No such thing as a month becoming pregnant. Months, as we learned in my and the lunar calendar can and will be either 29 days or 30 days. When it's a 29-day month, we call that a Chodesh Haseh. When it's a 30-day month, we call it a Chodesh Maleh or a Chodesh Me'ubar. That's the way it works. Now, Rashi's understanding of this Gemara conflicts a little bit with Yad Ramar Bimeir Abu La'afya. We're either talking about, a, we're certainly talking about a circumstance where we're either determined or are going to determine whether this month should be a 30-day month. According to Rashi, it's after the 30 days. After the 30 days, we're on the night of day 30, right? Not the night before, but the night after day 30. So it's done. That was already Rosh Chodesh. Excuse me, it's the night after day 31, because it was already Rosh Chodesh, according to Rashi. In that circumstance, in order to lefarsim, uh, in order to get out the word that this was a Chodesh Me'ubar, that this is Rosh Chodesh. You're not being Mekadesh at the Chodesh. We don't do a Kiddush Chodesh in such a circumstance. They would have a party. Get the word out. People hear about events with food, get the word out that this is a Chodesh Me'ubar. You're not doing a Kiddush HaChodesh. It's on the night of 30, but you're not doing, a, according to Yad Ramat, the night beforehand. You're still determining and you're trying to find out, is it appropriate for us to add on that extra day 30? So according to Rashi, it's right after day 30. According to Yad Ramah, it's right before day 30. Anyway, so what's the purpose for Rashi? Most simple interpretation, really along the same lines Yad Ramah. It's just for pursum. We're not actually performing anything. We're not doing the Ibur HaChodesh. You don't do that at night. You don't consecrate the month at night. And furthermore, the, the Mishnah told us in Masechet Rosh Hashanah and Davkaf Gimal that you don't do Ibur HaChodesh when it's going to be a 30-day month. You don't do it at all. You only need to do it when it's the Chodesh Haser. Otherwise, we assume if we didn't hear about it, day 31 is Rosh Chodesh. Says the Gemara, this is implying the Basar Vayayin Masku. 
it implies that that meal which they did for Ibur HaChodesh, they would bring up. Lehasik, Asuke, means to bring up. So, yeah, so, uh, they would not bring food to this meal. Uh, yeah, that's right. They brought meat and wine. I mean, the kid's eating it. They must have brought it. So I said, I don't think they used to bring that sort of food. Vahatanya, in Olinla, Ela, Bepat Dagan, Vekotnit Bilvad. And the Beraita says the only foods they would bring to this meal was Pat uh, Dagan, bread of grain, and kotnit, some sort of legume uh, of, of food which was cooked. That's it. Those are the only foods. Why were those the only foods that they brought? Rashi, in truth, says he doesn't know. He says, layadana. Why did the Gemara, why did the Beraita need to say pat dagan? Who cares what type of bread it was? They had a specific type of bread? She says, Layadana, I'm not uncertain about it. Yadrama alternatively suggests we didn't want this to be an overly gluttonous meal. We don't want people getting carried away and distracted. Now, he could say that because he says our vision still is to determine whether we want to do an ibur hachodesh. So we don't want people getting too carried away with food that's going to be too heavy. So, patagan. Well, that's the idea. According to Rashi, who cares? It's difficult to understand. According to Rashi, so you brought wine, you had meat or whatever you had. I fully understood. And so we don't want achila gasag. We don't want overeating. But we want the word out. I mean, more people are going to go to a party. And when you go to a wedding and they don't have good meat and wine, people are let down. And they won't be able to tell. All right, anyway, but again, Rashid specifically is it's uncertain about why patagan. Why do you tell me about the type of bread? That we don't want achila gasa, we can accept. We don't want overeating at this party. But anyway, hakamashma'lan. So again, so that's the question. Why are they eating meat and wine at this, at, at this meal? I thought they specifically don't bring meat and wine. Says the Gemara, here's the Hidush. Afalgav the circumstance perhaps is what the Mishnah is suggesting is yeah, this is a party where nobody brings wine. There is no wine. There is no meat. That's not what's being served. The kid walks in with his with his uh, you know with his package and, and his big bottle of wine. He sits down at the table and he's the one who's all of a sudden he's pre-gaming at this party. What are you doing? That's not what we eat. We don't know what we drink at this party. It's a more simple event. He's doing that. You look at the kid and say, This kid is rotten. Oh, look what he's set himself up for. I can only imagine what he's going to do down the line. How inappropriate. He walked into a situation where we have specific food measurements and ways of doing and eating and drinking, and he's like that. I mean, no, even so, since the context, it's an amazing thing. That's what the Gemara's purpose in all of these lines and explaining the Mishnah. It's the context and less the content of the individual which will determine what, where, which path they lead themselves on. Yes, you look at him, you say, oh my goodness, but alternatively, look at his surroundings. He's the, he's the iconoclast. He's the one who sticks out. He's like a th- sore thumb. He's not going to be nimshach ha Sure, what he's doing right now is bad. We're not killing him for that. The vision is not such that since he's around people who are appropriately acting, who are eating and drinking in the, in the, in the proper fashion, we don't assume he's going to, going to be carried away, says the Gemara. Afal gav, even though de'en olin la'il pat ve'kotnit, you would think that looks worse. For him, the achal kevande mitzvah ka'asit, since he's within the context of mitzvah, la mamshich, we don't assume that he'll be carried away and it become addicted to it to the extent that he's stealing and committing crime in order to get it. Tanu Rabbanan, the Gemara continues with the Beraita, in Olin be Ibur HaChodesh, Pachot Me'asara Bene Adam. You know, when we did this Ibur HaChodesh meal festivity, we would have at least 10 people. The in Olin la, Ela be Patagan ve Kotnit. And furthermore, we would only have specific types of 
foods. And we don't want achila gasa. We don't want gluttonous, uh, desirous eating at that. We don't want people walking out all stuffed. And specifically, you would go to it. Or iburo means on the night of the ibur. So again, interpreted one of two ways. Either according to Yad Raman, means on the night of 29. According to Rashi, means on the night of 30. We specifically would have this party at night. We'd have this celebration to get out the word at night. Says the Gemara Vahatanya on that last detail that this Ibura party, you know, until today, it's an interesting thing. People have, I just found out about this last month, people have Rosh Chodesh parties. There it is. Zechel Saudat Ibur that they used to have. I wonder, I wonder if someone came up with that and that. It's a Mishnah. Anyway, Vahatanya inolila balayla ilabayom. Doesn't the Baraita say quite the opposite? The meal would be during the day, not at night. Answers the Gemara, that's right, it was during the day and the night. What do you mean it was during the day and the night? It goes like this, they would begin it during the day and they would continue it into the night. Why do you begin it during the day and continue in the night? The idea was you wanted the most attraction. You wanted there to be a buzz around this. If people see you walking to it during the daytime, they'll see you. The buzz gets out. If it's at night, well, that's the place to be at night. What else are you doing at night? You're not working at night. You're going to the party. Rabbi Baraba instructed his children in how to do this party right. Be, be quick. And early, and go up to this party. Start the party at the very end of the day. But when people still notice, they see a bunch of people walking with their, with their fancy clothing on. Something's going on. What's going on? Oh, it's Rosh Chodesh. The word gets out. And then in the morning, party hard through the night, so to speak. But at the very least, if you're going through the next day, get out early in the morning. Why early in the morning? If you go out after early in the morning, people don't, it's not noticeable. What? He's walking around? I don't know. He's walking to Knees. I don't know. He's walking to work. If you see him at sunrise and he's walking through the street with all his friends, you know something's up. The word gets out. There must have been a party. There must have been something significant. After all, the whole purpose of this is so people should hear you they should notice you they should hear you and they should in turn reflect and realize oh it's Rosh Chodesh you'll get the word out the Mishnah told us furthermore about the Ben More if the meat and wine that he eats and drinks is on years one, two, four, five of the Shemitah cycle every person was to take a tenth of their produce bring it to Yerushalayim and eat it on their own what if the food and drink the meat and wine that this individual this kid eats is from produce Ma'aseh Sheni money. Not considered Ben Soreno More, the Mishnah told us. Explains the Gemara the reason. Kevan, since the ki orhehu de ka'achile la mamshikh. So as the Gemara, since orhe, like orahayim, since it's the regular way. Not going out of his way to buy the meat or to eat the meat at a special meal. It's the meat and wine which is normal. We had to. So to speak, it's a se'udat mitzvah. It's not mamash a mitzvah, se'udat mitzvah. It's a mitzvah of ma'aseh It's orhe, it's the normal way of celebrating and eating those things. The Torah says to, us to, to have simcha with the ma'aseh in Yerushalayim. It's not going to, in turn, within that structure, bring the person, we assume, we hope, to addiction, to crime in terms of getting meat and drink in the future. The Mishnah said if the kid ate, not meat, 
uh, in the normal fashion, but rather nevelot utrefot, unkosher meat. If he ate shkasim unmasim, if he ate uh, crawling uh, creatures, if he ate uh, flying uh, creatures, in those circumstances, not consider ben soreno more. Amar rava achal basar of enona asa ben soreno more. Rava's statement. In turn, is if the purse, if the kid ate basar of chicken, if he ate a bird as opposed to an animal, he's not considered ben sorer more. Says the Gemara v'ha'anantenan. But look at the exceptions to the rule in our Mishnah. We don't see birds mentioned. We saw in our Mishnah. I just quoted it to you. Achal nevelot trefotch kasimur masimeno naasa ben sorer more. Hateori naasa ben sorer more. It seems that we're dealing with unkosher animals and creatures. That's what doesn't make him a ben sorer more. By the way, it's a fascinating thing. Why not on the unkosher things is he considered a ben sorer more? The assumption, ironically, is on the opposite extreme. He won't become addicted to the non-kosher things. In other words, if it's kosher and he's doing it outside of the context of mitzvah. That and specifically that is when we say, ah, this kid's going to become addicted. If he's so far off, he's eating unkosher, our assumption is it's not going to be accessible enough to him. It's going to take an extra inspiration. He's going to have to really be off to be inspired and gluttonous to that extent. We don't assume that either. But for our purposes here, says the Gemara, it's only unkosher uh, meats that we are excluding. Not kosher meats or kosher uh, uh, produce, which comes from a bird. Says the Gemara, ki the suggestion of the Gemara is lehashlim. Lehashlim means, if you recall, the Mishnah had a specific measurement of meat that needed to be eaten in order to be considered a significant amount for ben sorer more, either a tartimar or a mana. It was a mahlok between the tanaim. Now, how do I determine the size of that? Well, you might say it's whatever piece of meat he's having, a full size. That's right. What if he has almost the full size and then he mashlim, he finishes it with a, a leaner piece of meat or a, different, a cheaper piece of meat or a different type of meat? In other words, chicken. In that circumstance, that's okay. Says the given, that, that's okay to be considered ben sorero more. In other words, he had three quarters. He had half tartimar of meat from an animal, and then the rest he has from bird. He has from a chicken, ben sorero more. If he had the rest with non-kosher meat, that's when it's out. What's the idea? The idea is, okay, so he had a meal in which he's involved with the fine meat, and then he's finishing it off. He's topping it off to get to the measurement with basar off. He's still considered a ben sorero more in such a circumstance you would have thought Rava's statement is specifically in our Mishnah when we're dealing with the Hashlama from the non-kosher stuff okay says the what if the, per- the kid ate a matter a thing which was mitzvah or a thing which was avera what are we referring to what's a mitzvah and what's the avera again the two extremes as I told you earlier our assumption is you won't be mamshich divar mitzvah what's an example of meat or wine which is divar mitzvah tanchume avelim you see when the, uh, a mourner comes back from the cemetery, the first thing we do, it's a Mishnah, it teaches us, you give a Se'udat Tavra, people are supposed to serve them a meal. It's a mitzvah, it's a mitzvah that we perform. It's not a mitzvah from the Torah. But if at that meal there's meat and wine and the kid runs in and he starts eating from it, we say it's the structure of mitzvah and he's not considered ben sorenu more. What about devar avera? What's that considered? He ate the devar avera, he's not ben sorenu more. Ta'anit sibur, it's a, it's a fast day, but fast days are only rabbinically mandated. That's right, still consider a mitzvah to the extent that if it's in that situation, we don't assume that he's going to be carried away. What's the reason that on a fast day, we look at this child and we say, oh, that's a devar avera, he's not ben sorer. Amar kera, the pasuk says, enenu shome'a bekolenu. 
Pasuk says that the parents exclaim, Pasuk in Parashat Kitese, this child is, is Bosoreru More. He's not listening to us. Furthermore, he's not listening to us. Oh, that's redundant. It's not listening to us. It's not listening to us. Oh, pay attention to those words. He's not listening to our voice. Lekoleno. Our voice is a reference to our voice. We told him not to. Who didn't tell him not to? Hakadosh Baruch Hu. In, in other words, the Derasha is Bekoleno, Velo Bekoloshel Makom. He's not listening to our voice. Right, if he's not listening to God's voice, that's not a ben soreru more. When's he not listening to God's voice? Here, when it's a ta'anit sibur, that's God's voice. I thought it's from the rabbis. And the Mephashim explained this, a mitzvah from the Torah, lo tasur, you're not supposed to veer from the word, asheh yagidu you're supposed to listen to the words of the rabbis of the rabbinic establishment. As a result, it, so to speak, has the stamp of God on it to the extent that he's not considered ben soreru more. What's the logic? Ben so, uh, Yad Rama suggests, the pasuk says, it's only that he's not listening to parents, not that he's not listening to God. Alternative, as we suggested earlier, if he's to that extent rebellious, we don't assume that he'll be able to or will follow on this mission. It's specifically, he's not listening to his parents and he's gluttonous in somewhat of a permitted fashion, not a mitzvah fashion. Then and only then will he be considered Ben Soleil Moreh. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen